This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to your In Good Company Summer Series. I'm Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie Dicker. Mads, it's fair to say that 2022 was a volatile year for markets and we learned a lot of investing lessons this year. If only we had had a crystal ball at the start of the year, it really would have helped with some of our investing decisions. So we thought, what a better way to start the new year than to create a little crystal ball of our own. We are bringing you Industries to Watch in 2023 as voted by you. Four episodes over four weeks of Aussie summer. Or a winter series if you're joining us from the Northern Hemisphere. Welcome if you are. Hello. We are going to be exploring some of the most talked about industries that just might have their moment on the ASX this year. This series is brought to you by Global X, a powerhouse ETF provider in the local and international markets, offering investors best-in-breed products backed by industry-leading research. So if I am pretty excited about today's topic, today we are going to be talking about fintech. Can you give me a little rundown? What's your <laughs> best explanation of fintech? Because I feel like I hear this word all the time. It is very like, it's very topical. It seems to be talked about And a lot. it seems a bit... Like, what, what is it? Give me an explanation. So fintech is a combination of the words finance and technology. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, have, wouldn't have guessed that one. Hey, you never know. <laughs> sometimes it, I feel like sometimes with these things, you hear it so often that you just think it's the same word. Yeah, true. Anyway, true. fintech companies are basically the companies that are bringing together, you know, new tech into the financial services space. And th- what's happening at the moment is that they're really putting a lot of pressure on the traditional existing banks, insurers, wealth managers to sort of really transform what they are doing and how they go about things. So it's like companies that want to work in financial services, like banking, wealth management, insurance, but they're putting a tech spin on it. Yeah, I think in simple terms, it's really sort of bringing innovation to the finance space. Okay, gotcha. Traditional banking, get rid of it. (laughs) I want to test you out. Okay. Do you currently like use or interact with any fintech companies? Hmm. Well, on online banking? Yeah. Is that fintech? I mean, it's not a fintech company, but I would say like that's classified as fintech. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, what about when I like use my QR code and pay through my phone? Yeah, that's and, like, probably... And like double click and yeah. it pays and orders for me. That would be, that, I feel like that's exactly what it is. That sort of integrated finance into different apps and things like that. Okay. But other than that, I don't really think so. I do don't you know. use Beamit? Yes, I do. That's a good one. That's one of my personal faves. Right. I feel like there's probably a lot more companies than 
what we realize that we're using fintech. Yeah, I think the reality is that because of how prominent, like how prominently we use our iPhones these days, we're pretty much in a cashless society now. Like fintech companies are everywhere and we're actually interacting with them like literally every day. So why have fintech companies come about? I feel like I've heard a lot about a kind of an argument of, you know, the traditional finance and banking system is a little bit backwards and that's why people are bringing fintech to the you know to the space at the moment yeah I think if we take a step back I was actually reading recently a really interesting blog called fintech brain food and it really sort of laid out why the traditional finance or tradfi is what they call it is failing us so I guess if you think about when like banks were built when insurance companies were built this was so many years ago and it was sort of, you know, it was pre-internet. The world was a very different space. And I think as technology has evolved, all of these existing institutions have sort of tried to transform with it. But the reality is, is that they weren't built and set up in a time that, you know, technology is how it is today. Yeah, it's interesting because I think of like, say your, your local bank mm. down the, on the corner or whatever, they're open from like 10 a.m., till 4 p.m. Yeah. And I always think in my mind, who is using a bank and why? Yeah. And then the other thing that comes to mind is when we tried to set up a joint credit card for our podcast adventures, (laughs) (laughs) we had to book an appointment and go in and I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world that we had to go do that. And then that makes me think, wow, that system is pretty outdated. It's getting pretty old. I think the traditional system, you know, there's limited access. There's also high fees associated like we spoke about this when we did our crypto series in order to transfer money overseas you spend a ridiculous amount of money on fees which is just such a bizarre thing like when it's all when it's all digital already why isn't that instantaneous already it's a slow process and there's also just a very sort of limited product offering so i think that the sentiment then is that like the traditional banking system is kind of failing some people and therefore fintech has kind of really emerged over the past couple of years yeah so i sent you an article that i think we should chat through now it's all about sort of what are the major trends in fintech that we can expect to see in the next year i did my research i read the article i really enjoyed it (laughs) i'm glad so the first one is this idea which is embedded finance so simply put that is basically just the integration of financial tools or services into offerings that are sort of non-financial institutions. So I think even back to what you were saying before, when you're at a restaurant, you scan your QR code and within that system, you are able to pay, you're able to transfer the money in order to pay for your food and drinks. Another example is like Uber, for example. So like you pay before you even get in the car, but that's linked to a completely different service to anything to do with like money or banking or finance. Mm. And even like if we think about the lending space, traditionally, you know, you had to go to your bank, you had to apply, you had to, it was a go through a really lengthy process where you disclose lots and lots of information and now buy now pay later exists. And that is a much more frictionless, easy, fast experience, user experience for everyone. Obviously there are some downsides as well to that, but I think if we take a step back and just appreciate the technology from like a pure tech format, that is like quite amazing compared to what the traditional banks previously offered. So the first trend that the article saw was embedded finance, kind of payment systems that are embedding themselves or technology that's embedding themselves in more traditional industries. What's the second trend? 
Number two is alternative financing, otherwise known as alt-fi in the cool <laughs> I love world. this like tradfi, alt-fi. Like what's the fi? Like I get the fi is finance, but like guys, it's fine. We just, let's just call it by what it's it is. It's not that hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Although I have a, I have this constant issue where because I studied finance at uni when people ask me what I studied I say the word finance and they think I'm saying fine arts oh and I'm like it could not be further from the truth yeah but if you if I saw you on the street and I was like what are you reading about at the moment and you said I'm reading about tradfi I'd have to ask what that is whereas if you said traditional finance I'd be True. like you get a bit I more mean, of it I mean it's still weird though it's, yeah it'd be weird what if did you, you study at uni <laughs> I imagine in fi <laughs> Okay, so alternative financing, what is it? It's essentially a form of financing or I guess providing loans, raising capital, pooling money together by a means other than the traditional banking system. I feel like I've seen a lot about of this when we were talking about like the startup space mm. in a couple of episodes that we've done where people can, you know, you and me, for example, could get 10 friends together put in a thousand dollars each and like invest in a business which you wouldn't have been able to otherwise do because of access and lack of knowledge without the internet yeah there are also websites where people can pitch their business ideas and like you and I can go on and invest money in those businesses like I think it's quite cool because AltFi is really like democratizing the space in many ways. It's sort of allowing people to access things that previously they never would have been able to do. I think linking this also to like the buy now, pay later space, there's also platforms that do like small business lending, but they're not actually the traditional banks. So they've come in and there's kind of less regulatory like issues around it. You could go and get like, I don't know, a quick $5,000 you might need for some supply chain issues rather than having to go to a bank and go through such, as you said before, lengthy and regulatory processes. Mm. Number three is environmental, social and governance initiatives. Love a bit of ESG. (laughs) Tell us about this one. What is it? So I think the really cool thing about the fintech space is that because it's not the traditional like brick and mortar and like needing lots of people and labor and electricity and whatever else, a lot of fintech companies can come through and kind of like change the game. Mm. So for example, there's this ESG fintech list, the ESG fintech 100. You can look it up and see a list of 100 companies that are doing stuff in this space. One of them was called Deep Key and they pretty much create like ESG strategies around like companies that finance uh, buildings and houses and commercial real estate and kind of taking out that layer of, you know, maybe environmental things that they don't need or require. Another one was called Green Assets Wallet, which is a platform where you and I can go on there and direct our capital, money that we want to invest, to net zero economies. Love. So I think the ESG space in fintech is a huge emerging area because there's all these cool startup ideas that are coming out and being like, how can we change the traditional industries that exist at the moment? Yeah. I was reading an article the other day about how the Monetary Authority of Singapore has joined with Google Cloud to launch like it's called point carbon zero program and basically the goal is to support um, startups or support climate fintech sort of companies in Asia and really try and sort of direct more money and more capital to those sort of companies which I also thought was very cool all wouldn't happen without the internet seriously combining finance and technology The fourth one is one that we have covered a little bit off on the podcast before, uh, decentralized finance, otherwise known as DeFi. (laughs) Why? Sorry, I just, it's like, it's important jargon to get your head around. (laughs) That's true. So decentralized finance is something that was, is often referred to as like 
blockchain. Yeah. And in the simplest of terms, it is a record of transactions that you cannot change. Yeah. So if Maddie pays $5 to Sophie, it'll come up on the blockchain. We can all see it and you can't ever erase that. I can't say, no, she paid me $10. Or you can't say, you still owe me $5. Exactly. (laughs) So it's kind of like democratizing and making transfers of money and other things Mm. quite open and transparent. Yeah, I think we should talk through maybe some of the other like innovations that are coming through as well. So within sort of that blockchain technology, you gave one example around money, which I guess is linked to crypto in particular, probably Bitcoin, but there's a lot of other uses as well. Yeah. One example is like smart contracts. So like, have you ever come across like DocuSign, Mm. for example, like smart contracts is a similar kind of technology behind it that like it you can create a contract get it signed you know between lawyers between accountants and i can see when you've opened it when you've signed it and you can't ever change like the date or the time or whatever that someone's viewed or signed so you always know that it's like the number one truth or the source of truth i like smart contracts because it's something that can make it makes so much sense in like the practical sense of Mm. why it would be useful yeah Another one that I was reading about the other day, don't quiz me too much on it because I think I'm still getting my head around it, but it's this idea of tokenization. And so the idea is that you can tokenize real estate, cars, and trade them in the same way that you tokenize or that we trade, say, companies. So for example, like if I own 10 shares in Macquarie Group, I own whatever percentage of that is Macquarie. And I think the idea behind tokenization is that the same thing can happen with sort of private assets, cars, real estate, things like that. That's so interesting. So like you could buy 10% of a house and be like, that's fine. Well, it's just like a whole new way of thinking about assets, I guess, like things that you own. It's interesting because when we first started thinking about fintech as something to speak about, I was like, yeah, it's kind of around, but like don't really like know about it. But Honestly, we already use a lot of it and there's so much cool technology that's coming out of this space. Yeah, and I think it's the kind of stuff that is very directly going to improve our lives. But I've got to ask with like an investing lens on like what would be then some of like the main disadvantages of investing in fintech? Mm. I think probably the first one that comes to mind, and this is maybe from personal experience, is that some of these investments can be quite high risk. Like often these companies are in the startup space, they're still very new or similar to what we talked about with robotics and AI a couple of weeks ago, you know, this is technology that is sort of rapidly changing and developing quite quickly. So I guess things that are developed today might have newer and better technology in six months time. Yeah. So I think when you are investing in this space, you know, you want to make sure that you're really sort of aware of what you're buying and what the company is and how they're tracking, because I guess, it could be very easy for other companies to develop new technology and sort of overtake. Yeah. And I think with that is like comes the volatility of it all. Yes. I think in the past, however, maybe the past year, we've seen a lot of fintech companies fail and it's for the reason of they have to, number one, put a lot of money into investing in new technology themselves to build them up as a company. Mm. But number two, as you said, they might be a bit of a fad and they might go away. A great example is like buy now, pay later. That had its heyday and then, all of a sudden it had people talking about regulatory approvals and the fact that it's actually a debt-like item and that, you know, people shouldn't be using it. It had a lot of negative talk around it. Mm. And it so easily turned from like the greatest investment to the worst investment. Yeah. Are you hurt by Zip? (laughs) 
Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think the other one that applies to that exact example is intense competition. Like there are so many different companies doing very similar things. You know, there were so many, bi- or there are. Where? There are. They're, They're still, still around. <laughs> there are so many different buy now, pay later companies sort of offering very similar products. Yeah. And I think that whilst this space is developing so rapidly, there is a lot of competition because you've got your big companies like your just traditional banks who are trying to sort of innovate and shift into this space but the startups that are coming through you know then they haven't been around for a long time they don't have that history yeah so i think whilst this sort of technology really comes about there's a lot of like playing out to see how it goes in terms of who wins yeah i think with that there's a lot of copycat like someone does something and someone replicates it and to be honest it's just whatever company gets adopted and people like a really good example i would say with that is like i used to use splitwise Mm. it's a very you know people use it all the time pretty simple concept beam it came along and all of a sudden it's got instant transfer so of course i moved to beam it definitely I think all of this talk around, you know, which company or which technology is going to be the best when I put an investing lens on that really makes me think maybe given I'm not an expert in this space and I probably don't have the time to invest in learning enough about it, ETFs is the way to go because it gives me exposure to that industry without having to pick one or two companies. Well, on that note, maybe we'll chat a little bit about how you can actually invest in the fintech space. But first, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. 
pink one yeah monzo monzo and that's all on offline and like we don't have a lot of like there's some in australia that Mm. i've seen but i feel like overseas it's taken off a lot more yeah i've actually often thought that if we were to start a company (laughs) it could be in this space because i yeah completely agree like when my whenever i've traveled and with whenever friends live overseas they seem to have such a good experience and we just don't have the equivalent. I know. And I think it's also because they're like translating between currencies like yeah. pound and euro and whatever else. But this encompasses a lot of countries, but it's listed on the ASX. So we can still invest in our little cute hometown. Which we love. Which we love. <laughs> so one, I had a browse through the main holdings. Mm. One of them is Block, yeah. formerly known as Square. Jack Dorsey is the CEO who... Used to be the CEO of Twitter. God, I wonder like what his phone calls are like at the moment. Yeah, true. Fascinating. I mean, he got out. Interesting question. I wonder if Elon Musk would have acquired Twitter if Jack was still there. Because I I feel like they're friends. Maybe we should send them a text and ask. Send them an email. (laughs) Block is also well known for acquiring Afterpay last year. One of the biggest deals in Australian history. But... I think the reason why this one is interesting, and I've spoken to a couple of my friends about this, is Block has this thing called Cash App. Mm. It currently exists in the US and the UK, and I believe it's launching in Australia soon. But basically, it's everything that you need in one app. So it allows you to quickly send and receive money. You can also purchase stocks and crypto. Mm. And the best one in my mind is you can also do your tax. That's really useful. Like a one-stop shop for all of to your money. To do everything. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I actually just got, I'm no joke, got a text from my sister tonight. She got like this thing being like, how do I do my tax? And I was like, <laughs> for starters. How do I, for starters, I have a podcast episode. But for secondly, like, it's so true. She was like, do I, how do I collect all my pay slips? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's really handy. I was going to say for starters, it was due a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, for starters, she's Too screwed. late. <laughs> Another one I found in the ETF was one called Toast Inc. I love Mm. when I'm looking at the ETFs, I always just get drawn to certain names. So obviously I'm drawn to Toast Inc. But it was actually interesting because it's a like restaurant point of sales management system. So it Mm. like helps restaurants like track orders, track cash, track all that kind of stuff. So it kind of consolidates the traditional writing on a pad and paper and collecting cash all into like one app that they can use. Very interesting. I hope these apps also, I don't know if this so much is what Toast Inc does, but I remember when I used to be a waitress and work in a restaurant, the whole cashless thing really killed tips. Yeah. So hopefully they think about a way to, you know, think of the staff in these apps. Yeah, I'm sure they would. (laughs) Another one that I found quite interesting is called Northern Data. It's a financial analytics platform and they basically have data centers that are all over the globe and they build everything from sort of hardware for electricity, visualization, cloud technology, software, so all with sort of a finance lens. Right. So you're really getting a lot of diversification in this ETF. And then it would be remiss not to mention that they also do have like Coinbase in there. Yes. So obviously Coinbase is very much associated with cryptocurrency given it's an exchange, but they do a lot of work in like that blockchain space. So Mm. it does give you that little bit of exposure to the upside of crypto if there ever is any soon (laughs) but it's like a well-rounded etf because it's obviously got like more traditional kind of platforms of the fine in the finance space nice definitely one to get you thinking i always love browsing through the holdings and just getting some inspo around what the different things are that you can actually invest in maybe you should create an etf in the fintech space Mm. and call it fi fi (laughs) 
I like it. That can be my summer project. Speaking of summer or winter. Yeah. Northern Hemisphere. Speaking winter. of all the seasons. <laughs> Spring and autumn. <laughs> What is your recommendation for our final episode of our summer, winter, autumn, spring series? <laughs> Have you watched Starts on Netflix? What's up, Starts? <coughs> Hi, Jonah. Okay, entertain me. <laughs> no. Okay, what is you're it? I love it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So, do you know Jonah Hill? Love the him. actor. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. it's a documentary. Do you know what it is now? I've seen, is it with an old guy? Yeah. Yeah. So he created this documentary. It's in black and white. Yeah. Which is very cool. And it's all about his psychologist. So he has been seeing his psychologist for like, I think maybe five, six years now. And his psychologist has all these sort of isms. Like, you know, when people say like they have their own theories around things. So his psychologist Phil starts, hence the starts has all these awesome like theories about life oh. that he has taught Jonah and Jonah wants to like share them with the world. And I they're so that. good. To give you some context, I watched it with my housemate yeah. and we loved it. And we ended up having like, we st- it was like one of those things where you like stay up for hours, just like talking about all of it. Yeah. And then literally the next night I got home and my ha- like another housemate was watching a movie and he was like, oh, should we watch something? And I was like, yes, let's watch Starts. And I watched it next night back to back because it's just one of those things that every time you watch it you're gonna get more out out of it 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 was so good i can't recommend it more highly so gather the people you love in your life this summer and watch stats love it what have you got for me did you know that dua lipa had a podcast i've always enjoyed listening to podcasts they're such an incredible way for people to share their art express themselves and build a community in an increasingly chaotic world no i know neither did i but am recommending she has a podcast called dua lipa at your service at first i was going to be skeptical and i'm like is it actually going to be her that's speaking or am i running into some trouble here it was her cool so the podcast episode i'm going to recommend is the one with trevor noah who was the previous host of the daily show in the u.s he has just recently resigned i think interesting but on the back of that uh recommendation my second round recommendation is trevor noah's book born a crime which is about his experience growing up in south africa during the apartheid wow so number one read i reckon read the book first yeah easy read so interesting like sad and hilarious at the same time which i think is an incredible skill and then listen to the podcast because they speak a little bit more about it and then it's like freaking do a leap up good so, one ending the summer with a bang i love it well done <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening this summer to our summer series. We hope you've enjoyed. And if you want to join us throughout the rest of the year, find us on Instagram at YIGC Podcast. Jump into our Facebook group and ask your questions. Connect with other people, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. And it's the beginning of the year. So if you have friends, family, whoever wanting to set money goals, please share our podcast. Word of mouth is our best friend. Otherwise, thank you so much and you'll hear from us soon. Bye. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. 
we pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.